following episode of Dave's Video Graveyard contains spoilers and naughty words. Listener discretion is advised. Of all the film podcasts in the world, this is definitely one of them. Covering the best of the worst and the worst of the best of all things film. This is Dave's Video Graveyard with Polly and Dave. It is DVG for another week as we travel back to the ancient year of 2010 <laughs> for our second remake on DVG since we did True Lies. Polly, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. Yeah, going. Back into the horror waters a bit, and well, science fiction according to the uh, <laughs> listings. But I've got to say, this is obviously a remake from 1973. We are talking about the 2010 version of The Crazies. I don't care what the calendar says. Opening day. That's the first day of spring. Sir. Whoa, 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 whoa! What the hell are you doing? Rory, you lay that gun down. David, you did the right thing. Would you mind taking a look at Bill? Sure, what's wrong? I don't know, he's just not right. She worries too much, I'm fine. You got any plans this weekend? She worries too much, I'm fine. Ben. statue couple hours now same look Roy gave me we're in trouble is he dead David there's somebody outside military started shooting town folk we gotta get out of here guys And like with most things, uh, Rivera, that isn't Dawn of the Dead and um, Night Living Dead, like it's way better than the original. <laughs> Have you ever seen the original Crazy? Yes. It's uh, fucking awful. And that, that's the thing. The amount of online love for the original, and it goes back to what we're always saying about it. Yeah. Uh, maybe like, anyone that has love for it should revisit it because it is inferior compared it's, to its It's remake. essentially like, you know, you've got a bunch of people in those um, the yellow sort of hazmat suits and it's like... And I got—I remember I paid like more than it was worth to get that DVD. One of those special ones that Umbrella did, like they had even had different sort of casing and stuff, and so underwhelming. Yeah, and, like it was. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but this one was redone in uh, 2010 by Breck Eisner. Now, if anyone's not sure where he falls into our podcast, Breck. he was one of the replacement directors on Tango and Cash. After uh, Stallone had the original director fired. Yeah, yeah. So he was one of four people credited for Tango and Cash. <laughs> Responsible, you might say. <laughs> I'm going to say, this film, I was trying to make notes, but I got sucked back in because this, I think of all horror movies, much like Dawn of the Dead from 2003, this is definitely a film that was made with that in mind. Because oh, yeah. Because this, yeah. 
I looked 30 minutes in and it was already totally established and into the grid of the film. Yeah, and the thing is, it's, it's, a, it's a good film and it's, it's well-paced and lots of stuff. It's just, at the time I remember, it was like about two years too late. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> like yeah, because you have that little golden window of horror films. So yeah. basically around 2007, you got the likes of The Mist. Yep. From Frank Darabont. Yeah, the, then um, there Hostel was just before then. Hostel yeah. before then, which had changed the scope of violence on screen. Yeah. Then you had the likes of Monsters and yeah, movies yeah. like that, where it's like, oh, you actually get a lot on screen for not the massive budgets that we're used to when it comes to like big, big scope horror. And this this movie in particular, they don't really explain anything. Like this is it's, it's a movie where a bunch of shit happens and it's entertaining shit, but you get no real sense of like completion at the end of it and that's the thing I anyone that heard the trailer at the start of this episode if you go on YouTube and watch that trailer you get the full info that you're going to get from watching you the don't film get like else it is that. and that's all it needs to be it is it's almost a monster of the week movie because it sets itself up it keeps moving you get what it is you don't get told too much but at the same time you kind of get it all handed to you yeah but it was just a fun ride man I got sucked back into this fucking film and I was gritting my teeth and sitting up on the couch like Timothy Old Fantastic just so good in this film like he basically plays his Deadwood and Justified character so the best thing about the best thing like you because we were both Santa Clarita Clarita Diet fans and he's so fucking charming in that show in this one here, he's still got his sort of gruff, sort of action star thing going. He's but still he, about to do Hitman, so... Yeah, yeah, and, but he still does these little bits where he's, like, got the little smirk sort of thing. Like, he, he wants to do comedy and all that stuff. I, I think he is a very acceptable diehard villain. Like, 100%. I, I will fly a flag. I do not like that film. Yeah. But he is competent and underrated in that. That bit where he's in that film is, like... You got her? Like, when he's looking at the door, he's like, you sure? Like, it's, like, it's like little glimpses. It's awesome. So, in the town of Ogden March, Iowa, residents begin to exhibit bizarre behaviour. Yep. Some act violently. We we get straight into this because the opening shot is basically <laughs> Tim's uh, police cruiser, because he's a local sheriff, drives down to the local game of baseball to watch it. And who dreams of Satan? <laughs> such a small town that it's big news that there's a baseball game being held on there. And... What I really liked was you get a look into his character simply from one line, which basically the local principal who runs the baseball comes up to him and says, I don't know. Sure, I've never faced a cop. Well, that's kind of you, Ben. The principal still has to pay his parking tickets. <laughs> Start him a tap. So you know he's a bit sassy, but yeah. at the same time, he's the gruff sheriff. But it also falls into the uh, Phantom's camp of. You're too young to be a fucking sheriff. Yeah, yeah. But the good thing is, is that, apart from, like, aside from fans, you don't get a backstory about him, really. It's just like, he's just there. It's not about him. He's the sheriff. That's yeah. all you need to know. And, um, you know, they're about to have a baby. Which never really gets... I thought there was going to be more to that. And, like, we both had kids. Like, there was no way I was setting up that nursery until, like, you know, like, my wife was actually showing, like, a bump. And one <laughs> thing, typically in horror movies, and not to say that women are all damsels in distress, but it didn't raise the stakes no. in any way. No, like, because, like... The only thing is, basically, people start getting infected with this unknown thing, and they start turning aggressive. Not quite like zombies, but it's kind of like the rage virus from yeah, 28 yeah. Days Later. But one thing they say is the way they can tell is elevated temperature. Yeah. 
later in the movie when they get quarantined, she gets taken away as infected because she has a raised temperature, which we say because she's pregnant, she's yep. got a high temperature. But it, yeah, it didn't raise the it stakes. They easily so just said like they could have just showed her like blowing her nose at the start of the movie, just like oh yeah, the flu sort of thing. Like, they... At the baseball game, one of the local farmers that lives nearby walks out onto the field with a shotgun, and this is pretty sinister. I'll give it to this film is. It does have a certain ambience about the whole film of it being quite something sinister is going on. It's a dread thing. Yeah. yeah. So the the farmer comes on, at which point Timothy Oliphant confronts him in the middle of the field and says, "Boys, get in the dugout. Get off. Get off. Bring it in. Get him off the field. Get him in the dugout, principal. Rory. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, Rory. We got a ball game going on here. We're playing ball. You come out with a gun. What the hell are you doing?" Oh, Roar. How are you drunk? That's all. All right, let's just lay the gun down. Rory, lay the gun down. Hmm? Lay it down. basically kills him there. Oh, and he shoots him through the head like, without hesitation. And one thing I do like is he does that because obviously the guy's about to shoot someone. It does show him grieving and very despondent and very distant after he's done it. So yeah. it gives a bit of gravity to what he's done. Yeah. And we get treated to... Uh, I thought we are going to get another on-screen autopsy, but we pretty much don't. <laughs> to- toxicology. But we, we haven't finished that. The Merkel is in his office by far. We'll, we'll be going there in a second. Because we, <laughs> we basically found out that the guy that got shot was uh, an alcoholic that had been two years clean, but they feel that he was drunk again, and that's why he did what he did. The toxicology report comes back to Timothy that he wasn't drunk, had nothing in his system... While this is going on, too, his, his wife is also a doctor in town, and um, one of the um, one of the, the families has come because the husband's sort of just out of it, out of it. Um, and the thing I also thought about that is like that couple looks so like he looks so much older than what she is, and they've got like a son. And I was just like, it's just those times where I was like, did casting even look at like what they were doing? It was just <laughs> like, nah. But yeah, he's all despondent, and and like she's examining him, and they she she sends him home. And sets up probably the most assertive thing I've seen in a movie for a while. So I, after I had kids, I, I did kind of kind of turn off the horror movie for a bit. Like I just yeah, I lost a bit of interest, and also like it's you, you start to get a bit more sensitive, I suppose. This bit, so he they go to the they got the family goes home, and then the mum's gone out to the uh, garage, and there's a combine harvester there that they she you assume that she's just going to get shredded by that, yep. and. There's I was one, waiting for the ending of Universal Soldier. Yeah. the one And one thing about this movie that it does probably to a fault towards the end is those jump scares and those like, is it, is it, nah, is it, is it, nah, bam. Yeah. Um, you get so many fake outs. Yeah, yeah. So she, um, nothing happens in that shed. She goes back to the house and you, the fucking dad is, um, the, the, they, they lock themselves in the closet and he, he puts uh, petrol all through the house and it's so measured and so slowly done, and you know it's going to happen. But you honestly think they're going to get out. You think so, and then like spoiler alert, and they like fucking do not. And luckily, like you know, uh, for me, like they didn't show anything more of, of them in the closet. Uh, that would 
fucking killed me. But yeah, like the whole house is burning. And again, what you said about how uh, Olyphant's like sort of obviously upset about having to shoot the dude. His wife, the doctor, fucking lets loose of this dude. Because yeah. he's singing. Yeah. Like, he's, he's, singing he's so, mowing the lawn and whistling. Mowing the lawn and whistling. And she fucking goes off at him. Like, because, like, and, and I think she's probably she feels guilt herself. Like, what the hell happened here? Oh, God. Oh, God. No. What the fuck have you done? Oh, oh, Jesus! There is moments in this film where it's like, oh. What the hell happened here? Oh, God. Oh, God. Judy, come on. No. What the fuck have you done? Oh, oh, Jesus! Oh, God! They show more emotion than the average horror film. And one thing I do like, like to move the story a little bit forward, Timothy Oliphant and his uh, Russell, his deputy, yeah, they figure it out. Yeah, they straight up figure it out. They basically say, "Hey, we had a uh, someone heard a crash last week out near the swamps. Yep, uh, didn't think any more of it. At which point they go out to the swamp and they discover a sunken military aircraft." Which looked fucking pretty cool for what it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and then they go into Jawstown. Yeah, yeah. Mayor. They go to to the most corrupt mayor that like, well, you know, like because we're in a drought-stricken fucking farming land, and he has a full uh, glistening swimming pool in yeah. his yard. And he's like, and it's one of those guys. that's like, you know, obviously you probably got paid more because like you're gonna have to be an old bald fat guy that's gonna be half naked on screen and like, but like. Susses it up to the max. He's a slimy mayor. He's like, You want to shut off the entire town's water supply on a hunch? Mayor, I've got three dead bodies in the morgue in the last 48 hours. David, take a look around you. This is a farming community. It is springtime. It is planting season. You turn off the water, you're going to kill the crops. You kill the crops and you bankrupt every family in Pierce County. And that is not based on some uh, hunch. That's a fact. Water stays on yeah. uh, basically saying no that will ruin Amity Island's biggest weekend <laughs> we're not turning the water off oh and before that staying in Jawstown uh, we meet the widow and the son of the guy he shot in the baseball field and she slaps him that is the best acting slap in the history of movies yep she, that, that does so well Like because it, her hand lands not on like from his mouth back but she lands basically from under his ear forward and it's one of those could knock you out slaps and yeah, I was like yeah. ooh I wonder and how many looks, takes they he did he looks generally surprised it's really really well done I wonder if they did the whole like took t- 15 takes thing <laughs> but yeah the, the the guy says look you're not shutting the water off like it's going to kill this town because of the drought and all that stuff and then Timothy Olyphant not going to have any of that he goes to the fucking uh, the, the water supply and not only does he like turn the water off, he breaks the fucking no- like nozzle that yeah you can't it, so it can't be fixed. It's amazing. But the funniest thing is, it's not often you let one of your main characters, let alone the hero, figure it out like that. Yeah, like we're talking about all this. We're about twenty minutes into the film. Yeah, that's the thing too. And like the only thing that I would you know one of the things I'd sort of falter at is that it's kind of shining a light on something, but I'm not sure what. 
If this was any other movie, you would get an hour of build-up than 30 minutes of them escaping from quarantine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At 30 minutes, I looked at where we're at in the film. Yeah. The army have swooped into the town. They yeah. quarantined the town. They're stopping anyone from leaving. And they round them up, basically, basically Red Dawn style at the local high yeah, school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it also... A lot of this reminded me of... I don't know what year it came out. It was probably before this, but... I feel like Frank Darabont watched this right before he did the uh, pilot for The Walking Dead. Yeah, Because yeah. there were so many... Oh, that bit where that. the guy's walking down the hall with the pitchfork. Yes. Like, and that was the thing, that was the, that was the cover of the DVD too. Scariest bit of the movie. Oh, when he goes into the... the yeah. He basically... So, Timothy Oliphant's wife and most of the town have been quarantined if they're sick, tied to gurneys, and everyone else has been put outside in the yards... At which point, some local rednecks that we've set up a couple of times that burst through the fence. So good, and that causes all the army guys to go fuck this. We've lost quarantine. They get in the helicopter and fuck off. There's they. There is something to be said for a director and actors that can genuinely make something look like it's out of control. And that breakout that they do, like the car goes through the fence and it sort of skids to a halt. And like the, the the blocking and the prep work that we've had to do that because everyone's just going nuts. They're walking, they're running away, but it also sort of no one's tripping over each other. But it looks like it could be real. Like that's one thing I took away from this. Like that organized chaos was amazing. And I'm going to say this is a film which usually my line I draw for horror films is if they use digital blood instead of squibs, mm. I'm off. The digital use of blood and gunshots in this is really done well, where yeah, it doesn't yeah. take away from it. Whereas you look at like. Pretty much the film career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> Anytime the muzzle flash in the blood is, like, terrible, I'm out. But, yeah, man, like, I also love the thing that usually the military would have such control that they either infight or something that causes yeah. them to lose control. This shows that they never actually establish quarantine. This reminds me, you know what? This, like, not going, like, getting ahead of our bargain bin. I would actually put this with Phantoms. Yep. Because, like, the, the military was there for about five minutes and that fucking town, they're like, ah, fuck. So then we go inside and we get treated to fucking the scariest bit. The doctor, played by, oh, basically, Oliphant's wife and her assistant are both tied to gurneys. Yep. At which point the infected principal that was the one from the start comes in with a pitchfork and starts stabbing everyone tied to the thing. It has a fantastic sense of dread. It reminded me of a Halloween film. Yeah. Uh, it reminded me anytime someone has to step over Michael Myers. Yeah, Where it's yeah, like, yeah. you know what's going to happen, but you're like, someone's going to save it. And it goes down to the fucking wire. And this scene had me like, I will talk shit about this movie. I'll say I love this movie at the same time. But guess what? That scene fucking had me yeah. in the palm of its hand because I was fucking gritting my teeth. We also we slightly went past also the bit in the medical examiner's office where um, Olfen nearly gets uh, neutered by a oh yeah by a, a handsaw. This goes, reminded me of Death Proof. No, no, sorry, Planet Terror. Yeah, yeah. You know where basically I expected that uh, Josh Brolin worked at this hospital because <laughs> like he, he opens, he uncovers like he sees one of the um, corpses underneath a, a sheet moving. And someone has uh, sealed up the eyes and mouth, and that's right. It's and local he, and, priest. And he cuts it. He cuts the mouth open, and the first thing he says is "behind you." And it's the medical examiner, and he's got a bone saw, and it's just it's just fucking great. At which point he beats the he kills the medical examiner. Russell comes in and saves him, but at the same point, 
the electrical saws about to cut his dick off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, after this, uh, like, and it, it happens in a lot of horror films, but the, the on-the-run bit, if not done well, it's, it's not too bad. They go to a barn... They've, they've picked up another couple of people that you don't really care about. Them, because we need some uh, kill count fodder. There is a really cool bit that I enjoyed where they end up in a car wash. And yeah. basically the girl in the back gets pulled out through the car and hung from a hose. So they all jump out to save her. As they jump out to save her, the helicopter that's been chasing, which the helicopter looked pretty good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The helicopter destroys the car. So it's one of those things, if they didn't, if she didn't get killed they would have been killed by yeah. the helicopter. I like that element. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a, but this is... We're in jump scare city now that we're on the road. They go to a big servo and pretty much... Well, this is have before, you seen, well before that, like, um, you've got the sort of um, elements of the thing after that because you know Russ is turning, but you don't know, like, how far. And he, I think he sort of knows that he's turning a lot of stuff. Because uh, it's at this point they run one of the military... Well, what looks like the government vehicles off the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get one of the guys in charge of what's happening, and yep. he explains this. Who the fuck do you think you are? I'm the guy standing between you and a bullet. Now, what was on that plane? What was on that goddamn plane? Trixie. Rabdo Verde prototype. A fucking biological weapon. It was weapon. headed to an incinerator in Texas. You're telling me that you guys engineered this crap? It's designed to destabilize a population. In this case, the wrong one. Look, fella, we lost a plane. What do you want me to say? How about sorry for destroying your whole goddamn town? David! What would you prefer, a global pandemic? Take it up with a pilot. I came here to help. Who? A boss? What, What is the incubation period? 48 hours. After that, you're either dead or you don't have it. Fine. It's day three, and we're still talking. So you are going to help us. What? Fuck! No, 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 no! What the fuck is the matter with you? I said that I wanted to talk to him. And then he doesn't explain much more because Russell just shot him in the fucking head. (laughs) Which this starts the point of, is Russell turning? Because there was no reason to shoot this guy in the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's... Russ then also then um, he, he runs off towards the military guys, gets shot to shit. Um, there's a bit that happens when they go back to the house. They go to the house of the dude that he shot in the baseball field, and the mum and the son are in the bed. No, they're, they're no, they the, go to their they, home they to, to get they, changed. Yeah, yeah, and so and that, but they they like when he goes into the the baby's room. Um, they find the mum and the son from the guy who got shot in the field in there and they tied his wife to a chair and um, he basically starts fighting them which is quite violent but he then gets his hand stabbed to the fucking floor yeah. at which point he does a fucking baller move where he basically grabs her by the throat with the knife through his hand Yeah. at which point me and my wife are both like well, you're infected now because Plus, he has to pull the knife out through his own hand. But then again, like that's when that because me and my wife said the same thing. But then we're like, oh, like that's not how it gets transfused. Like it's it's not a zombie film, so it's like, oh, maybe. Well, old mate Ginger that got fucking shot in the head by Russell. He did explain because they say what's the incubation period, and he says that if you don't get it in 48 hours, it doesn't work on you. Yeah, yeah. So even the blood wouldn't infect him. But yeah. I'm like. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I mean it wouldn't help. No. <laughs> yeah, so um, 
It, it does culminate in, um, I think, one of the better... Like, I, I hadn't seen this film for for quite a few years, probably since 2010, but I remembered the bit at the end of the servo. Yep. Um, mostly for the bit where she's um, going through some stuff and then behind her in the kitchen you see... This the, the, the crazy uh, bloke. Yeah. Because the hillbillies show up. We get to see also that... Because you need the ominous... You can't have the government being the good guys. We get to see that all the trucks of people that were um, evacuated from the town have just been all murdered and burnt oh, wholesale. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. pretty fucking grueling bit. But I've got to say, once we're at the service station, the man in charge just had a key on his keyboard that said jump scare. Because it's like, oh, what can I write here? Jump scare, jump Oh, my cat walked across the jump scare oh, keyboard. But it is pretty cool, but it reminded me too much of the movie I mentioned earlier, 2008, I believe it's uh, Monsters. Yeah. Or maybe the yeah. same year. They end up at a servo where a giant monster walks overhead. Yeah. And it's too similar in the way it's done. I think also, like, it's a scene that I thought happened earlier in the movie and could have because, you know, they pick up some people on the way that you don't really care about and... It could have easily just been a two-person thing against the entire town. They probably didn't need anyone else to, to, to be with them. It might have even been scarier, like, having that sort of isolation. So this scene just seems a bit tacked on. Like, it's a great scene, but I would have put it earlier. In the I film. did feel like a lot of this film maybe fell victim to fucking screeners. Like, as yeah. in, like, oh, the focus group didn't like this. Because there's yeah. a lot of things that do feel tacked on. Yeah, yeah. That scene, or even for time, maybe. It was weird. Yeah. They end up getting in a truck and getting away. They're driving, and this is cool. While they're in the truck, Timothy Oliphant has stolen from the service station one of the military uh, walkie-talkies. Yeah, yeah. At which point they hear the pilots of planes counting down from 40. And I don't remember that part happening, and it really, I thought it was cool. Basically, it gets down to zero, and they're driving in the middle of nowhere. They look back, and they're like, oh, nothing happened. All of a sudden, Judgment Day happens. And yeah. <laughs> a nuclear explosion goes off. And then they have to run away from the nuclear explosion. So they fucking... There's a car chase between the shockwave and the car. doesn't last very long because the shockwave wins that race. They get out. They get changed into the clothes they stole so they look all fresh. And they manage to walk to the next city over or the next town over. Yep. At which point we've had a few glimpses throughout the film. But here's the point where we see that a satellite has been watching them the entire time, realises that they're basically made it to the next town, so it basically is starting the cycle again, yeah. and they're going to shut down, and pretty much, it basically says anyone in that town's fucked. I, and I, I, I'm surprised that there was no sequel to this, because like, like, you could have got at least two or three... I mean, it didn't make heaps of money sort of thing, but like, and you would have wanted to go like larger scale for the next one. But man, like they could have at least got one more, one or two more movies out of this. But they they never did. And uh, I mean, Timmy Felton was on to bigger and better things. Oh, point <laughs> on. he was he was he was justified. Rada Mitchell, um, I always like her. Uh, there's not many films I, I don't like her in. I think she's great in this. Um, another Australian doing doing good. Joe Anderson, who played Russell, I think he was excellent. I think it was he was great. Um, and he's uh, you go into like what he's done. He's you know he's he's always that sort of that that bit part guy. I was watching it. I'm like, you know the go- uh, Gavin from the Office, the UK Office, that's yeah, also bit. in all the Pirates movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I wonder how many roles that this guy missed out to him because yeah. it's the same ballpark of character. Because you look at what he's done. He's like, oh, like you know, he's in Backdraft Two and Hangman with Al Pacino, which is in you know. 
an Al Pacino 2017 movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, this yeah. movie was made for 20 mil, and I've got to say, 19 mil of it's on screen for once. Yeah, yeah, look, I mean... Um, you get the sense of a small town. I would love an Aussie version of this film. It's unnecessary. But how many small towns are in Australia like presented in this? Yeah. It would be great. I'd really love to see that, but no one would spend that money. It made 55 mil, so it more than doubled its money, so... Yeah, and they did well to sort of... They had, like, a two sort of mid-range stars at the time, um, which worked well for a thing like this because in that bit where she's tied to the chair... When I first watched it, I don't think she was going to get... I, like, I, could, I could perceivably see that um, one of the main ones was going to die. Yep. Because, you know, like, if it's, if, if it's like if it's like a Tom Cruise or, a, you know, or something like that, you're like, nah, he's going like, to make it to the end. You know, Timothy Olyphant could have died in this movie and it would have been just fine. My, one thing I don't like about this film is whoever did the makeup artistry for the crazies themselves. Yeah, yeah. I think they were inspired heavily by Dwayne The Rock Johnson in Doom because there's not much (laughs) happening. And I guess they wanted to steer clear of comparisons of Dawn of the Dead. Well, yeah, you didn't didn't want to make it a zombie movie. Um, I understand that. But, like, then go hard and go, like, really fuck them up. Like, you know, that that whole thing where they sewed the eyes, fucking do that. Yeah. That's all of them. Um... I'd say, like, and... Because this was another remake. Um, so before this was um, Hills Have Eyes was another one that came out. And then it sort of has that sort of doomy sort of thing to it, like the... Um, oh, yeah, because it was around that time that, like, everyone was grabbing, like, The Fog and all these movies. They basically remake. went to Cra- Wes Craven's and George Romero's, like, back catalogue and was like, let's see what we can do sort of thing. Um, Descent was around this time, too, which is, like, a far better film, but, like, you know... I think anyone that makes a horror movie, as of right now, <laughs> this is the new rule. The new declaration. If you're not going to swing for the descent level greatness, yep. don't fucking bother. <laughs> yeah, no. It's what we deserve as entitled horror fans. The other thing I would say about this film uh, is that you could have done it without half the amount of dialogue in it. Because oh, that dialogue was fucking pretty bad. Um, it it reminded me as well of fucking... What the fuck is that crocodile movie? It reminded me so much of Lake Placid for some reason. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. That bit in the boat sort of reminded me a little bit of the Probably air. just the but, the isolated town. But the thing is, like, um, you could have made this almost like, not as like, you know, like, um, high tension. There's not much dialogue for that entire film. This could have been that. Oh, for sure. Like, and like, and the thing, the good thing about Timothy Olyphant is that I don't think he's the sort of person that's like, 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 oh, when you shoot him, say this line, he's like, I'm going to do that. Because <laughs> um, it, wouldn't it wouldn't have worked, but, like, I think someone else would have started, like, getting a little bit, like... See, there was a weird umbrella few years where Timothy Oliphant could have done a lot of Ryan Reynolds' roles, and Ryan yeah. Reynolds could have done a lot of Timothy's roles. Yeah, yeah. This would have died with a quippy sheriff because oh, yeah. it is it is old John McClane quippy as in there's quips there mm. but they're necessary whereas Ryan Reynolds in this film it would have been later years fucking oh, yeah, yeah. John McClane <laughs> um, what's your favourite Timothy Olsen role if I'm not counting I reckon Justified or Deadwood yeah I love him in no Dreamcatcher because <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I like him in Scream 2 um, and I think because him and your mate, uh, he's... Not Jerry Connell. No, no, Not, the, um, the lady from... Oh, Roseanne. yeah, fucking um, uh, from Roseanne. Yeah. yeah. 
Laurie Metcalf. Yeah. Laurie Metcalf. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, mother and son. Fuck, I need to revisit that film. Um, yeah, it might be one of the new the next episodes. <laughs> uh, poor Randy. <laughs> um, he's the uh, with me. Seriously, it's been Santa Clarita because he's fucking funny. Yeah, and he needs to be let to be funny. Like it, like the next role. I'm not sure what he's been doing, um, like films wise lately, but um, he's now. If you see him, actually, there's been a few times he's been on Conan. He is hilarious. And see, one one big issue, he swung for the moon with Hitman, and unfortunately, it just wasn't a very strong. Nah, it wasn't property. Nah, nah. and uh, and I mean, they've done that twice now, yep. twice or three times. Yeah, um, but look at it like he's there. Mostly been justified, like as in um, all of them, and then Deadwood. Obviously, he'll be in the new Deadwood film that comes up. Uh, uh, in the, in the, uh, this year, yes, this year, and he's also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, who I think he would be perfect for. Um, yeah, look, good things. I'll always look, sort of look out for him now. But that Santa Clarita diet really put him on the dial for me. Like I was like, yeah, he's fucking funny. Bargain bin. Where would this film belong if it was going to be put in a bargain bin? Um, I would definitely not put it with its original and do it like a, <laughs> a, a, a then and now. Um, it would probably be sort of segued in with Dawn of the Dead and um, you know Heels of Eyes and lots of stuff it's just and it would be drowned out by that like I want to do you know what I haven't actually seen the 2004 Dawn of the Dead for a while and I wonder if it's as good as I remember well it gave the world Zack Snyder and I remember yeah. I don't know I don't remember I'm anyone hating I'm okay with that <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even know what I'd bargain bin this film with um, I'm pretty sure it is in a bargain bin probably Monsters yeah because they were both just of that era where it was like it'd be like Daybreakers and stuff like that too yeah like that, just those, like... those it was kind of an era where everything was direct to DVD when it come to horror it didn't yeah. matter how good it was yeah yeah but yeah no that's probably where I'd put that alright fuck fart and fight Jesus um I'd fuck Russ. He's awesome. This <laughs> brooding. Um, I would uh, if I had a knife in my hand, I'd fight that old lady because <laughs> now I know a new move. Because <laughs> I'm, if I'm in the fight with someone with a knife, I'm getting stabbed at some point. I'm going to yep. use it to my advantage. And I'd fart in the man's face. <laughs> in his pool. In his pool. I'd do it. In, I'd actually like hot lay, tub. Lay a turd in his pool. <laughs> I would fart on the priest that's had his thing all sewed together because he couldn't prove it was me. I would fight uh, old mate Ginger that uh, flips. <laughs> that rust shoots. Just because he's a ginger. And I would fuck Timothy Oliphant, which is something I say even when not talking about this movie. Trees that are just before we started. <laughs> I just spray painted on the side of this building. Uh, what would you give this film out of 19? I look like... 12, and 11, like 11. I'll give it a 13, because like I said, I really got sucked back in watching this, and it I scared did, me. I, I don't think I would like go, oh, fucking also crazy again. I watched this and Black Summer in the same day. Is that so right? I really, I didn't mind it. It really sucked me in with the jumps and the tension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if anything, this film's great with tension uh, and sucks, pacing. I fucking love zombies, and now I see them, and I get instantly like... <laughs> This, uh, one thing I do like about it, much like 28 Days, is because they're running. Yeah, a lot yeah. of it's just not zombies. It's just sprinting away from people, yeah, which yeah, is pretty yeah. good. Um, anyway, I 
recommend this film. The pacing's pretty good. If this came out in 2019, it'd be a two-hour film. Yep. This gets it done, so yeah, got to give it that. Uh, but other than that, yeah, check out The Crazies from 2010. Yeah. Uh, if you want us to um, give us a bell on davidvideograveyard.gmail.com or check us out on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Don't forget, we want your suggestions of films for us to cover here on DVG. Simply email us. Just head over to davidvideograveyard.com. Yep. All right. I'll see you next week. See ya. See ya.